0: And I can
1: see the ground now. I'm waiting All right, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. And I mean that this week, potentially more than others. This is a big week, dude. Stacked calendar this week. Spring is here, and the vibe has changed significantly. Obviously, this podcast, we don't believe in spring. I believe that spring and autumn are, in fact, communist propaganda, started by Vladimir Putin in the 90s, potentially to cover up some stuff he was doing in the Baltics. On this podcast, Get Around Me, we subscribe to two seasons. There's only two. The natural order, summer and winter, cricket and footy, push and pull, yin and yang. Okay, that is the natural world as we know it. So while I don't believe in spring as a concept, the change is welcomed nonetheless, dude. You just get hit. I'm having like kind of like hippie moments out there where like you just catch a whiff of a flower or a bit of warm air hits you in the face and then he's all of a sudden gone. Oh, I feel like I've never felt more connected to the land as I walk around the Sydney CBD. You know, you can just feel the change coming. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It was a long, cold winter in Sydney. Even though you look, my hand is up. I did spend a month of it in Mexico during their summer. But still, hey, okay, I I deserve the spring and summer months as much as anyone, even though I did duck out for a fair portion of the tough times. But it's a big week, okay? It's a big week. Rowan Arneal solo show is this week, Thursday, today. Then you got Saturday and Sunday in Sydney. Rowan Arneal, top of the food chain. I'm opening. Can't wait. Saturday night, big session afterwards. You can get those tickets via the link in the show notes of this podcast or our Instagram bios. This Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Rowan Arneal live in Sydney. First solo show. It's going to be so sick. And also, I checked the ticket prices the other day, like because I was getting the link to put it in my respective Instagram bio. Two tickets on the Thursday and Sunday are eleven bucks, maybe twelve. I think they're fifteen for Saturday. So he definitely didn't run that past me. I mean, this is egregiously cheap. Thank God I'm only doing seven to ten minutes because for for eleven dollars, you don't really deserve much more, Billy D, than that. You know, Jesus Christ. If word gets out, you can see Billy Darcy for $11. That'll be the end of me, brother, okay? So it's an absolute bargain and a half, and it's going to be so fun. Hope to see you there. And then also, dude, I mean, oh, Jesus Christ, I've got a full plate this week. Rowan's show, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, spring is here, and excuse me, my throat just got a little bit weak. I'm emotional at everything that's on my plate this week because on top of Rowan's show, On top of spring, it's fight week, dude. The ultimate fighting championship has come to town. Huss, 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 huss. (laughs) The UFC is in Sydney this week and I'm pumped up. I'm going to the open workouts just to see the boys hit mitts. And I will be basing a lot of my bets on the sound coming off those pads, okay? Honestly, I'm going to be throwing down... I'm going to be throwing down some bets this week, and a lot of them are going to be Anzac related, okay? If you want to make some money and support Anzacs, this is the week to do it. So I'm going to be down there watching the boys hit mitts, getting a vibe for how everyone's looking, just a bit of inside oil, and uh, we're going to be making some cash this Sunday. Unfortunately, I will not be going to the UFC. We did try to get tickets. Uh, Me and Mac are on the Wi-Fi in freaking Mexico trying to make it happen, and I'm not blaming that country. Okay, the wife, for all its faults, there's no air conditioning, but the Wi-Fi is pretty sturdy. So, no shade at the country of Mexico and their respective Wi-Fi. Macca actually sort of pressed the wrong button. He was trying to sign up for like, I don't know, like a, a corporate suite or something. And then, and you know, we don't want to play the blame game because I was there too. I didn't see the button either. You know, it takes two to tango. But by the time we worked out the correct button to get into the ticket link... The only ones left for like $700. And look, I don't want to go around bragging around town. I have $700 in my bank account. Okay? I've got it. It's there. But I think once you get to about $500 to watch blokes throw hands, it becomes more of an ethical issue. You know? What about the morality of providing sport to the general public? Because it's going to get to the point where the working class won't be able to afford to watch blokes throw hands. You know, the gypsies started this shit. What are we doing? What the fuck are we doing? I think, really, the ticket should be, like, max 200 bucks. My mate's going, and he's got the shittest seats ever, and he paid 500 Like, $500. And it's, like, a pretty terrible card. So, I don't know about all that. The UFC could probably chill out on some of this stuff. But anyway, we missed out regardless, and I'm probably just bitter. But yeah, dude, there's so much happening. Oh, and speaking of uh, the aforementioned UFC, I will be talking about it at length towards the end of this one. And then also we got some ripping yarns inbound uh, from my time in Guatemala. So pretty good episode on paper. I will say me and Rowan's episode this week, my hands up, it wasn't great. You know, me and Rowan, when we're on, we're on. When we're off, we're off. Okay, last week, wow. I can't speak highly enough of me and Rowan's episode. We were zigging, we were zagging, there was electricity in the air. Felt like maybe we are in the booth with, with Little Wayne or something. Or something potentially even cooler than that. This week, it just wasn't there. I will say there's a pretty fantastic segment, I Think Our House Is Haunted. We There's like a cursed object in the house that has brought potentially a spirit in. I don't want to give away more than that, but that's actually a pretty sensational yarn. The rest of that episode, you know. I mean, if you've got spare time, get into it, but I wouldn't really recommend you go out of your way. Regardless, dude, there's so much happening. This country is just a buzz, or I'm a buzz. I'm having so much fun since I'm back in Australia, dude. I just love it. I'm just having the best time ever. I was at the comedy store all week last week hosting. Just a good time. Not a lot of yarns there, guys. A good yarn really is predicated on something going wrong, and I just had so much fun last week. I was hosting, I was riffing, I was raffing, and it's just a good time. We had Lane Beachley and Kirk Pengilly of excess in the crowd one night. Okay? Pretty bloody cool. Australian legends. Former female goat of women's surfing, Lane Beachley, overtaken by Steph Gilmore now. And you know what? I'll I'll openly brag that a couple of my zingers had Lane chuckling, okay? So I'm not saying that I'm like the best comedian in the world. I'm just saying that if you're a champion in your respective field, you might want to come out and check me out, brother, because I'm doing the sort of stuff that champions really get into, okay? So if you're successful, if you're at the top of your field, come out and see Billy Darcy's stand-up comedy because I'm also a bit of a champion myself, it seems. Kirk Pengilly yelled out at me at one point. And I said, we got two icons in the building. And then, and he was, he, he was like, and I was like, I was talking about me and Lane, mate. So few laughs there, few laughs there, all good fun. I apologize after and begged for his forgiveness. But apart from that, dude, it was just a sick week of gigs. Not a lot of yarns. I saw that John Farnham's, you're the voice has been added to the yes campaign as the official song. Dude, honestly, just pass The Voice now. There's no point in doing a referendum with an anthem with that sort of heat on one side of the docket. I mean, that song is way too powerful. I think we should save the taxpayers' money and just pass this thing. I would honestly sign up to the Chinese Communist Party if they use John Farnham's You're The Voice as the marketing song. My God, that thing just gets into your soul and just really pries it open and lets everything in, you know? I I would do anything if John Farnham told me to. I'd just be belting out, you're the voice. Next thing you know, I've blacked out. I've woken up. I'm invading Taiwan. So that's the sort of power that song holds. And I think that's a crucial blow for the Yes campaign. I would love to be in that meeting of like, what iconic Australian song can we marry up to this political campaign? It's a tough one. It's a tough one. But you're the voice. I mean, how has like every second bloke who's ever run for prime minister not hopped that onto his bandwagon? What a powerful anthem, dude. So praying that doesn't get used for any mischievous deeds, because like I said, if you play that song loud enough, I'll pretty much do anything. So yeah, that's exciting. That's bloody exciting. Oh yeah. Dude, so I had this the other day and then we'll get into the yarn. Sorry, I'm just sort of... I like to sort of mill around for about eight minutes before we start the podcast. You know, just sort of work my way into things, as it were. So, what about this? I had a bit of a bingle on the tram the other day where I ran into one of these transit officers, okay? I'm using quotation marks right now, transit officer. And they came around with the card thing and they said, you haven't uh, tapped your card on. And I said, I beg your pardon. And they said, you haven't tapped your card on. And look, I don't know if this will relate. If maybe some people don't live in Sydney, but I'm pretty sure the trams are free. Okay. Am I I incorrect in saying that all trams are free at all times? Because this transit officer or this person, whoever they were, seemed to think that you should pay for them, which I was taken aback by. And... I was actually just going to the next stop anyway. So I said, oh, wow, okay. Well, that's, that is absolutely news to me. And then so she, she gets off this uh, tram with me, three, of, and she's got backup, two of the homies. And she's like, you haven't uh, tapped on. She goes, I'm a authorized transit officer. Have you ever spoken to one before? I said, I said no, I, I didn't really, I didn't know you guys were real. I don't really believe in you as a concept, to be honest. And I said that as politely as I possibly could as I tried to make sense of this situation, trying to charge me for the tram. I'm sorry. I pulled out my passport. I said, am I not a fully-fledged Australian paying for trams? What is this, the Great Depression? So it was very bizarre. And I just saw... I was very polite, obviously. You never... I never spray a, uh, a fellow citizen for no reason. But I was just like, oh, okay. Well, you know... I'll keep that in mind for next time. And she said, "She said, uh, if this happens again, I'll be making a police call. I said, no doubt, babe, no doubt. I mean, if it happens again, I might make a fucking police call because I am quite startled right now, okay? So I'm not sure what the go is there. I'm not sure. Was I pranked? Was I involved in an elaborate prank? Has anyone seen Logan Paul in the Sydney area? What's happening out there, dude? was I involved in a elaborate Mr Beast scenario? Cuz I'm pretty sure the trams are free. Can anyone confirm or deny this? There's no way transit officers are real. I thought maybe I'll check my calendar, is it the 1st of April? What's happening? I don't I just don't believe in transit officers as a concept. And you know, judging by by them working as a transit officer at forty-seven, I I doubt they believe in themselves either. So if I don't believe in you and you don't believe in you, are you real? Do you know what I mean? Like this chick's trying to find me. I'm getting existential, brother. I don't even know what's going on. So I was absolutely startled. Um, I think she was trying to find me. I I want to, but literally, I was so blown away by what was happening. I just thanked her and left. So yeah, if anyone could confirm or deny my experience, because I swear swear down, dude, that they were saying I should pay for the tram, which, I don't know. I'm sorry, I I left the country for a month. Did China invade? What's happening, okay? What's happening? But anyway, let's crack in uh, to these Guatemala yarns, and uh, I got to say, they're pretty good, okay? They're pretty bloody good. Okay, so... Then the end of the last episode, we had left Porto Escondido. Maca just shoulders back. What's left of me? We're on a night bus and we go to Oaxaca and then we fly to Guatemala. Now, Guatemala City, if you Google it, it all the travel pages just say, don't even bother, babe. Okay? It is not safe there. Some of these Central American countries, the cities, you just got to land and get the fuck out of there, dude. They're not the chillest places. There's one part of Guatemala City you can go to. It's called the tourist zone. I quipped to Maca, the tourist zone, more like the target zone, hey? And Maca didn't laugh then, and no one's really laughed at that since, unfortunately, but I actually think it's quite witty. I actually said that on stage at a gig in Erskineville last week, so or the week before. So just a little window into the deluded mind. Of this creative outlet right here but anyway so we bail on guatemala city straight away we're getting an uber to antigua antigua is unreal it's like unesco listed heritage city like the whole city is heritage so like all the roads are cobblestone like there's no like all the shops and stuff the signs are like inside the store so it still looks the same it looked like a hundred years ago it's just all sort of turquoise maroon Beautiful doors, beautiful, like... I'm not sure what type of architecture, but it is stunning. And then, so, like, when you look in, there'll be a cafe or a restaurant. But there's no signs out the front, like, come to Magooby's Fish and Chips or some shit. Because they know that it fuck the vibe. And I wish our government would have a bit more reverence for the vibe here in Australia. I'm looking at that Starbucks they put in on Manly Beach. Dude, if you wake up one morning and someone's firebombed that Starbucks, honestly... Lock me up because it was me. How you could have one of Australia's most pristine natural beaches and put in a fucking Starbucks across the road is absolutely beyond me. But regardless, so we're in Antigua. Um, I, What do we do? We hang out the first night. We get there quite late and it's it's pouring rain, absolutely pouring rain. Um, I buy weed off this chick at the hostel via an interpreter, which was pretty sharp stuff from me. Bit of Google Translate, bit of a black guy called Jordan who spoke both languages, bit of bloody business, okay? So, we chill out the first night. The next day, it becomes apparent that the thing to do in Antigua is this volcano hike. And, you know, me and Mac, we didn't do heaps of research before the trip. It's not really our style and we just aren't very good at planning. So, we get there, everyone's like, you got to do this volcano thing. It's pretty full on, but it's worth it. You like hike up this volcano, sleep there, and then get up the next morning, hike to the summit, and watch the sunrise on top of Mount Akatango, I believe. And it's at 14,000 feet at the summit. So the altitude is no joke. Uh, We go, and I say the altitude is no joke because I now know that. I had no idea what we were getting into with this volcano thing. I hear volcano, I honestly hear hike. I hear bushwalk, okay? I hear like two hour bushwalk, come back for maybe a sandwich and a coffee. I had no idea the severity of the task in hand. So we sign up for this thing. They're like, you got to buy some warm clothes. We had none. We go to the secondhand market, buy some warm clothes. Then we go to the uh, meeting for this uh, hike. There's like a meeting 5 p.m. the day before. And then you meet at the place 6 a.m. the next day. Dude, so we got this guy Romeo, this Guatemalan fella, as our guide. He's absolute dance. like He's talking about sinking beers on the way up and stuff. But he's also he he's quite a hilarious young fella. And you could tell that he does this climb every day. It's absolutely nothing to him. And he's bancing it up. This one guy had a peanut allergy and he was like, I'll be keeping an eye on you. If you die, I'll lose my job. And the guy was like, no, it's not serious. It's only if I personally eat a peanut. And the Guatemalan guy was just laughing his head off. Like, you could tell he just thinks white people with allergies, like, they're just bitches. He didn't really believe in it at all. So, so that was funny. The peanut allergy guy getting bullied off the rip. Social hierarchy formed. And anyway, dude, we had to sign these waivers. And this is where I started to sort of clue into a bit that this was a bit more than your average bush hike, maybe with your nan and pop on a Sunday morning. Because, my God, it was just three pages of all the ways you could die. And it's everything under the sun. Uh, Altitude sickness, lack of oxygen. I mean, you could just fall off a cliff. Uh, You could die from hypothermia. You could die from overheating. You could die from mountain bandits killing you. That was one of the fucking things. Mountain bandits, okay? What is this, Lord of the Rings, dude? What's happening, okay? Okay. So we sign that. At this point, I'm thinking, what the bloody hell's going on here? You know, we've been on the the piss for two weeks. I'm out of shape. I'm out of form. I've been freaking smoking cigarettes and weed and drinking beers. And now we're going up to 14,000 feet, potentially fighting mountain bandits. So I was a bit taken aback, but whatever. It's too late now. Anyway, so we go we go out to dinner that night. They're like, you've got to hydrate. You've got to eat 40,000 calories. you got to say a Hail Mary before bed. We're like, oh my God. So we go out to dinner, eat our weight in food, hydrate, get there the next morning. Um, and we pack our bags. So they they lend you some stuff and then you got to take up your food and also some communal food. So I took a bottle of red wine. Like I didn't personally take it. Like that that was there was a communal table of all the stuff they provide, and you just got to take something for the group. So everyone took something. The only person to not take a communal item up the mountain was Maka. Um, he took a bowl of pasta and a bread roll, which he thought was for the group, but that was everyone took that, mate. That's your personal meal. You're supposed to take something communal on top of that. So we had this poor Aussie girl with us, Tori. She was struggling at times. She had a full bottle of red and like. And some salad in her backpack. Meanwhile, Macca's charging ahead. His backpack's light as a feather. He's looking after number one. As per, this is what it's like with this guy. Okay? It's all Macca all the time. This guy, if he did up a solar system chart, he'd be way off. He's got himself in the center. Where's the fucking sun cunt, you know? So, Macca dogged everyone. There's no, There's no surprises there. He's one of the more selfish men I've met. And if you do see him, keep your eye on him. Okay? He's not to be trusted. But, dude, so we uh, jump in this van, get some breakfast, pretty good crew. And we start – the van drives you up, like, 2,000 meters up the mountain. And then there's, like, different stages. So there's all these different microclimates as you head up the mountain. There's, like, the first stage is, like, sweltering hot. Then you're on level with the clouds. They call that the cloud forest. It's, like, green, Guatemalan, jungle. And then you get up further and it's like kind of more foresty and it was raining, like really weird, dude. You're in ponchos and trackies one minute, shorts and t-shirt the next. Oh, it was crazy. So, and it was quite confronting because as we're in the van driving up the mountain, my ears are popping from like the altitude already. You know when your ears pop when you're landing in a plane? That was happening to me and we're just in the car. We've, we haven't even started hiking yet. So I'm like, I'm pretty nervous, to be honest. Because I'm thinking, what the bloody hell have we signed up for here? This was supposed to be an absolute, you know what I mean? I thought we'd be on a pub crawl or some shit. I don't know what this is about. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So anyway, we get dropped off at this like little hut. All the people up the volcano are like still like full-blown Aztecs. And we buy like a walking stick off them. We, we head on the track and we're walking up the road for about five minutes and then we take a right and it is laughable, dude. It is absolutely laughable. It looks like we're trying to climb into Mordor or something. It's just a vertical mud track directly up into the oblivion. I mean, it's absolutely insane. So steep. The first 10 minutes, like five people drop out because the first 10 minutes is so hard and it's, we have five and a half hours to go. So it's like, what's doing? And then after half an hour, we get to this like cafe on the mountain. We stop. I honestly was just, I was actually quite chipper because I was just laughing to myself thinking, you're such a clown, Bill. You have no idea what you're doing. You have no idea what you're into right now. You have no idea what's to come. You have no idea why you're doing this. You have no idea what you're doing. It was so hard. I was absolutely gassed. And it was just one of those things where I was like, fuck it, all This is just... Well, you know what I mean? You're in it now, mate. So, keep on going. And it's not too bad. Like, you don't run up the mountain or anything. You go slowly and you just sort of plug along, but it's so steep. It's more of a mental battle than a physical battle because you just got to be like, just keep going, mate, you know? Just keep bloody going. So, it was it was pretty crazy. It's five and a half hours to base camp on the first day and... As you get higher and higher, the altitude gets worse and worse. I've got to say, the altitude didn't affect me too much. Uh, yeah, it's not too bad, really. Um, some people felt it more than others. And I think, traditionally, I read online that men are actually affected more than women. But, I don't know. A woman probably wrote that. Am I right, lads? Hey? Come on, lads. All right. None of that. None of that. But, uh, yeah, it was really great. you got to eat and drink so much on the way up. Because your body's just working so much harder than it normally would. Like you'll be walking up a steep, steep hill slowly, but your heart rate, if you feel your heart, your heart's going like you're sprinting at a million miles an hour. Your heart is just like absolutely thumping, even though you're not breathing that hard because the oxygen you are breathing in or the air has very little oxygen in it. So your heart is working 10 times harder to pump the same amount of oxygen to your body because there's not much coming in. And you're just chewing down like, salty and sweet snacks like nailing gatorades like there's like cafes and stuff on the way or like little canteen type things and you just can't eat enough like you're just you're just eating so much and your body's just using it it's it's pretty bizarre really and it was a great group on the way up we had some french canadians they sort of led the pack the other thing is you can kind of go at your pace like uh the first we were sort of at the front but that wasn't really by design I think we just, it helps to have long legs, you know? Um, we're walking with these British girls. They're about five foot three, you know? So they're working a bit harder than, than me and Macca. But there were these French Canadians. I think they were all like semi pro hockey players or something. They were just, I mean, these blokes pretty much ran up the mountain. They were, they did not break a sweat. They were all good looking and they had like, you know, name brand Under Armour jackets, North Face. You know, beautiful uh, hiking boots, probably retailing for upwards of $200. You know, you could tell they were ready to go. Uh, one of the lads had his girlfriend there, the French-Canadians. She looked like Steph Catley. And she had the same the same pins as well. My God, this girl flew up the mountain, okay? So then it was a great group. We had those French-Canadians. We had two Pommy girls. Uh, me and Macca fell in love with them immediately. They were just the best. You know, just posh Pommy girls. It was so funny being on like in the middle of the jungle with posh pommy girls. Like, there was mosquitoes everywhere, obviously. And Sasha, one of the palms, goes, Oh, these mosquitoes. I hate them. I cannot stand them. Like, just so dramatic. It was hilarious, dude. They were, they were sweet as pie. And then we had the Mexican gals. Now, the Mexican gals were actually God's gift because they went so slow. They were like mid-40s, going so slow. Maybe mid-30s. My apologies, señoritas. And it was actually good because every time we got to a stop, you know, people are about to collapse and shit, but the Mexicans were like 15 minutes behind us and we had to wait for them to get the group back together. So, they made every stop we had like an extra 10 to 15 minutes longer. So, God bless the Mexicans. And then we had this Irish couple, uh, Gary and Gina, and they were just, they were on their honeymoon. It was unbelievable. Just They were two of the all-time greats. I love it. Like, I love how Irish people pronounce it. was like, she would say, Gary. Not like Gary. Like, Gary. She would hit that R-Y uh, at the end. Gary. Oh, it was, it was unreal. And they were an absolute laugh. So, you do get to m- sort of meet people at the breaks on the way up and stuff. And, oh, it was so fun. So, anyway, you sort of get through it in the end. Like, you just sort of keep going. Like, you don't go slow. Like, I feel like I was as fucked after the first half hour as I was after, like, the fourth hour like you just sort of keep going. And also it's interesting what you can get up to when you don't really have a choice. Because once you're 2 hours in, you can't turn back. You literally can't. So yeah. I don't know what I don't know what. Maybe if you had a choice you would turn around because it is fucking hard, but you don't have a choice. There's these hot British girls looking at you. You just have to keep going, okay? I remember Gary the Irish fella comes up to me towards the end and he goes, "Bill, oh, I don't know how much longer I've got left in me, mate. He goes, I've got a small amount of hash in my pocket that I'm rubbing with my hand. It's the only thing keeping me going. Dude, absolute character. Like, every stop we had, Gary would just absolutely annihilate a cigarette. And, like, we're at altitude as well. Like, we, you get to... I think the base camp's at about 9,000 feet. And then... Or 10,000 feet. Honestly, guys, it could be anything. I'm literally making it up. But I just know the summit was 14,000. And I think... I want to say the base camp was about eight to 9,000, and then you knock over the rest in the morning. But we'll get to that. So we get up to the base camp. So sick. There's like three or four volcanoes around. You can see it exploding like every 20 minutes. Like there's a difference between it like going off and it like erupting where it's, you know, it would go off every 20 minutes with like smoke and little bits of magma. But then it hasn't, it hadn't erupted properly in like five years, which is... When it erupts, that's like evacuate the village type stuff. So, so that was really cool. Gary, Gary rolls up the hash. We have a glass of red. It's pretty bloody unreal, to be honest. It was absolutely freezing, but it was an absolute laugh. Gary's telling us just the funniest stories, dude. This guy was such a vessel. So, he's on his honeymoon with his wife. And how's this? They fly to Vegas for the first part of their honeymoon. Then they go to Guatemala afterwards. So, they get to Vegas... Gina and Gary are going through customs. Gary gets stopped and taken to another room and interrogated for like an hour. Gina's worried sick. And it's because Gary has a cocaine charge in New York that he never told his missus about from 20 years ago. He hasn't been to America since. So, he was hoping they just forgot about it. (laughs) Absolutely hilarious, dude. So he's in the in the customs line, going fucking hell. I hope, I hope this isn't still on my record. Gina has no idea. He he comes out. She's furious when he tells her. So good, dude. And he told the story. He got um, he was in this club in New York in like 2001, and uh, the police raided it. And all the people he was with were doing coke. There's coke all over the table. As they came in, he panicked and threw a couple of bags down his socks, hoping. I don't know, they wouldn't find the stuff on the table or something. He gets done. The, the police are pretty lax back then. I guess they didn't search him properly. So he gets thrown into an overnight cell with two bags of Coke still in his socks. So he's thinking, he's got caught the next morning. So he's thinking, fucking hell, I can't go into court with two bags of Coke on me. You know what I mean? So he spends the whole night in the cell just doing Coke, getting jacked out of his mind. The next morning, he meets a lawyer. Uh, the court-appointed one. And the other thing is, he's there illegally. He's been in New York for like two or three years illegally, just working cash. He's playing music. The guy's an absolute vessel. And the court-appointed lawyer says, mate, plead guilty to this and just hop on a plane tomorrow. Get the fuck out of here. Because if you plead innocent, you'll get a court date in three months' time and you'll spend the next three months on Rikers Island because there was so much coke on the table, they want to do you for dealing. But you can plead guilty to possession and get it brought down and then just fly back to Ireland tomorrow and he was going anyway so he's so coked up apparently he said the judge goes like Gary whatever your name is do you and Gary just goes guilty guilty your honor just screams at the judge gets on a plane the next day what about this flies out of uh New York gets to Ireland his mum's in tears oh my god I can't believe you're alive He flew out of New York on September 10, 2001. What the fuck, dude? How wild is that? Just a crazy guy, Gary. I absolutely loved him. He had yarns for days. Uh, He was the oldest bloke on the group, but you wouldn't know it. Man, he was absolutely hammering the, the, uh, the bloody, what am I talking, the kilometers. And yeah, dude, he was such a legend, like... He just telling us all these stories from music festivals. He said one time he said they used to jump music festivals, like jump the fence to get in. He said he said one time, even once I was doing doing better, I had a bit of money. He said one time I had more than enough money to pay for a ticket to this festival. He goes, I still just jumped it anyway for the fucking crack. Like just an absolute vessel of a human, man. What a privilege. What an absolute privilege. So that was unreal. Go to bed at like seven PM because you're so wrecked. You wake up at 3 a.m., dude. 3 a.m., it's like minus 10, and then you got an hour and a half hike at 3 a.m. to the summit. And this is by far the hardest part of the hike. Like, this is just no more jungle. This is just vertical on the side of the freaking volcano. It's like black sand and black rock. And you could, in in this night part, you've just got a headlight on, and uh, you could easily die in this part. Like, obviously, no one did. Just sort of look where you're going. But there's parts where if you fell, there's no railing or anything. That'd be the end of you, mate. And it's tough stuff. I honestly, like about 15 minutes before the summit, I had to take a break. And just like for five minutes, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy, dude. So we get to the summit and then you watch the sunrise coming up on top of this volcano. It is freezing 14,000 feet. Me and Gary smoked a cigarette just for the crack. And then it's just unbelievable. It's just one of the coolest things ever. Highly recommend if you ever get the chance. Oh, of course, there was a guy up there in shorts. There's always a pelican in shorts going, are you guys cold? I don't think it's that cold. And it was like minus 10. And it's like, yeah, dude, it's fucking cold. Okay. You're not cool because you blatantly forgot pants. But anyway, so that was just one of the coolest things of the whole trip. Then you get back down to base camp, you eat breakfast, and uh, you walk back down the mountain. And walking back down is fucking fun. Everyone's in a great mood. I will say, because the first part of the hike, the first two hours, is just like these wooden stairs. So like these mud wood stairs, just kind of sleepers. And going back down there, my God, it's like you're walking down the stairs after a leg day at the gym, but like times a million. Like my pins were wobbling, dude. But you're in such a good mood, you don't really care. So, unreal, get back to Antigua, and uh, it's Friday night, we nap in the afternoon, ready to go, and then uh, we get, we go to the rooftop bar at this hostel, and immediately, you know, there's like, you know people that work at hostels, they're just weirdos, eh? And there's two people running this uh, pub crawl, this like blonde American sorority girl, she's like, you gotta come to the pub crawl, it's gonna be unreal, we're like, okay, we'll come, but we might come a bit late, because... We just literally, we woke up at 3 a.m. this morning to hike up a volcano. So we're a little bit worse for wear, babe. But we might come a little late, but we will come. She's like, unreal. Anyway, we sit down at the table, take one sip of our Corona. This other guy with a ponytail comes up to us. He's like, you gotta come to the pub crawl. It's gonna be unreal. Shots, shots. We're like, all right, all right. We'll come to the fucking pub crawl. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Absolutely relentless, these guys. But anyway... So, we go, we buy a wristband off this guy. And also, I'm not knocking pub crawls. I love hostel pub crawls. I absolutely love them. Okay? There's nothing better. There really is nothing better. And so, we go to the first bar that it's at. And the first bar, it's like all the people from different hostels. And it's just like, you just get free drinks for like two hours. And there's just jugs of tequila and stuff. Classic Americans, dude. These Americans, man. I just I can't even with some of these guys. We get there. The guy with the ponytails there. He's like, well, well, well. Looks like the Aussies decided to show. And it's like, what do you mean decided to show? We bought the wristband and said we would be here a little late. We're here a little late. With the wristband, we purchased from you. Okay? This guy's acting like we were like, oh, man. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I don't know if I can handle the pub crawl, man. Like, dude. So classic American guy. He's like, He goes up to this other American guy working at the hostel. He goes, he goes, These guys are late. Fuck them up with shots, man. And then like they just start like pouring like just cups of tequila down our throat. I almost vomited candidly. Okay? Candidly, I almost vomited. Not because I, I don't love tequila, just from the sheer volume, son, okay? It was like three shots in one cup of just tequila. You know what I mean? I'm drinking it like a glass of H2O. So stomached that, kept it down. And, yeah, dude. So, we went out. I love hostel pub crawls because you just get blind and you just meet people. And it's just it's just the most fun you can have. I honestly believe that. I just love them. I've never had a bad time on one. We meet uh, this Irish guy, Jay. Absolute character. And I remember Jay from the hostel earlier that day because vintage UK person. Like, he spent three hours by the pool from about 12 to 3 p.m. No sun cream. He was... Red as a donkey's dick, this fella, okay? Like, I just don't understand how people from the UK can be so pale, but also not fear the sun. Like, I'm pale, right? I have freckles, but I also understand the sun and it's the implications of me, be, me being in it. Like, the people from the UK, they just have no idea what happens if you sit in the sun for four hours. They're always sunburned, but also bemused. They're like, can you believe this happened? Yeah, dude. I can totally believe it. So, he's absolutely right. This guy is just such a fucking character, dude. Like, just absolute bullshit artist. Mac is like, um, uh, all right, Jay, we're going to do a shot. And we're talking, you know, we're talking boxing, UFC, all sorts of stuff with Jay. Just an absolute legend. He kind of looked like Shane Warne's son. Just bleach blonde hair, pretty beefed up, but also sunburnt beyond belief and blind. And he would just lie about anything and everything. Mac is like, all right, I'll get us around a shots, lads. What do you want, Jay? And Jay goes, anything wet, mate. (laughs) And we said that the rest of the trip, anything wet. Oh my God. Absolutely hilarious. And Jay, he would just lie about anything, dude. Like we were talking to this Indian guy and Jay goes, whereabouts in India are you from, mate? And the guy goes, Doha. And Jay goes, Doha. Oh, beautiful, beautiful Doha. Love it there. Yeah. And like, And he's talking about India with this guy for 10 minutes. And then afterwards, I go, Jay, you've been to India. He goes, fuck, no, I've never been to India. I'd never fucking go there, mate. It's answered, yeah? And then I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, mate. I just lie to people when I'm on the piss. Who gives a fuck? And I was like, fuck, that's so funny, dude. And Maka goes to him, how have the women been treating you on your trip, Jay? And Jay goes, mate, unreal, yeah? Killing it with the birds. And then like five minutes later, he mentions he has like a long-term... Girlfriend, and we're like, oh, I thought you said you've been pulling. He's like, oh, nah, nah, lads, yeah, no, nah, I've been. I usually just chat to the birds until they want to pull me, and then I, then I fuck them off, you know, just fuck them off. So, he's blatantly been cheating on his partner pretty relentlessly, but that's his business. It's his. It's his agenda. So we had an absolutely unreal night on the hostel pub crawl. So I come home. I would never uh, sort of openly brag about. Um, kissing a woman on the lips, but I, I will admit that I kissed a woman on the lips on this pub crawl. And so I bring her back to the hostel, and then the security guard's like, There's an overnight security guard, and he's like, No, no guests, no guests. And I'm like, I'm like, Come on, brother. With my limited Spanish, I'm basically being like, Can you not be a narc? Okay. Jesus Christ, what are we doing here? So I give him freaking, I don't know, 200 colognes or whatever. Well, not colognes. What was it? The. Uh... Can't even remember what the Guatemalan stuff was called, but I give him about ten Australian dollars to bloody look the other way, and he does. And the only reason I mention this is because the next morning I wake up, Mac is in the in the bunk across from me. He goes, "Fucking hell, that security guard's not bad." I go, "What's happened, mate?" And Mac goes, "Well, I brought a girl back last night, and I had to pay him ten Australian dollars to let me bring her in." I said, "Fucking hell, mate!" The same thing happened to me. You know, this fella is just making a profit. Off the boys having a bit of romantic success. I mean, come on, mate. Come on, mate. What are we doing? So that security guard's got a nice side hustle and he knew exactly what he was doing. And it's it's fun to be in a country where 10 Australian dollars can buy you pretty much anything you need. So unreal times. Guatemala was just the best. Few other yarns, but I don't think... Uh, I mean, probably been talking long enough about that. But dude, yeah, Guatemala, dude. Totally recommend. you got to check it out. It's absolutely unbelievable. Anyway, up next, I'd like to talk about UFC Sydney. This will count as the project for this week because we will cover several Australian and New Zealand fighters. So, ANZAC Zach Field to this week's project. Just before I jump into UFC Sydney, another person or a band I would love to shout out for the project this week. The project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent, killing it here and abroad. One of my favourite bands is Breaking Up, Camp Cope. These chicks go so hard, dude. Uh, Camp Cope, check them out. I mean, a weird time to recommend them. They're breaking up. They're playing their last ever show in Sydney uh, in October at the Opera House. I've been trying to beg someone to go with me. I can't really convince anyone, Uh, but I'm going to buy tickets to that and hopefully someone wants to come with me. But... Dude, Camp Cope, unreal. The the lead singer, Georgie Mack, she just sings. I've, I love it when singers sing with their Australian accent. I hate it when some bloke from Melbourne or Sydney or Dubbo sings with an American accent. It offends me deeply when people do that. So if you want to hear good Australian indie rock with a chick just absolutely sending it on the vocals, Camp Cope, dude, check them out. They're actually breaking up. I hope Georgie Mack continues as a solo artist because I think her voice should be, like, it should be blasted out of the Opera House for tourists to hear. It's just, it's absolutely sensational, okay? So, check them out. They have their last show at the Opera House, uh, October, you know, sometime in October. I want to say October 13. But Camp Cope, dude, what a band. Love them. And uh, sad to see them breaking up. But hopefully, uh, Georgie or Georgia Double check that. Continues as a solo artist, but check them out. Anyway, so UFC Sydney, the UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship has come to the uh, the unofficial, I'll say, but really I think we all know what's happening, capital of Australia. So it's great to have uh, the UFC here. I'm pumped up, even though we didn't get tickets. I'm kind of not that upset we didn't get tickets because the card is terrible okay this is make no mistake this is not a pay-per-view level card this is really like a UFC fight night and for some reason Israel Adesanya is fighting so we love to see Izzy here but apart from that there's not really a lot on this card that will get you out of bed unless unless you happen to hail from either Australia and or New Zealand if that's the case dude then tell your dad to fire the fuck up and wrap his head around this UFC stuff even though he doesn't know what it is because we're going to war this Sunday, brother, okay? There's money to be made and skulls to be cracked. So let's fucking have it. Um, anyway, headlining the event is Izzy Israel Adesanya is I think how you correctly pronounce that, but I have probably butchered that, dude. So basically the main event, it's not a great main event. Izzy's paying $1.14 against Sean Strickland, who basically has no chance to win. There is no universe where Israel can lose this fight. Sean Strickland's really only fighting for the belt because of timing and because the other racist white guy wasn't available. So we had two racist white guys sort of available to fight for the belt. One of them got injured. One of them didn't and also says he's no longer racist. So in comes Sean Strickland. And this whole fight week is basically everyone just milling around, waiting for Sean Strickland to say something truly unbelievable. Basically, the press conference, we're just waiting to get transferred back to 1934 with some of Sean Strickland's wild views on women and the like. So I'm pretty keen for that. You know, Sean Strickland, if you can get past the top 10% of the wildest shit he says, he's a fucking funny guy, man. He's a bit of a kook, but he's a bit of a lovable kook as well. And he's in there, he's an absolute psychopath. He's in there just to throw hands. Hopefully, hopefully he just walks forward and, you know, trades. Because if we get like a 50-45 Israel decision, it's gonna leave a poor taste in everyone's mouth. If Izzy's in there sort of playing with his food, you know, Sean Strickland, there's no way he should really be in there with Israel. Like Sean Strickland. Like Israel's paying at $1.14 against Sean Strickland. He'd be paying like a dollar nine against me. Like, you can't really get below a dollar twenty in mixed martial arts. Anytime you get below a dollar twenty, it's pretty much a complete farce. So yeah. Hopefully Izzy finishes him. I think he will because you know what I mean. Like, what are we doing here? It's within Izzy's power to finish him. So just put on a bloody show, you know? And unless like maybe a light fixture comes off the roof and hits Izzy in the head, this is really just a complete mismatch and a pretty bizarre main event. So looking forward to that. And then Izzy can move on to fighting the next white guy who allegedly hates black. So the middleweight division is kind of a weird one because you got pound for pound one of the best guys in the world. Then you got Rob Whittaker and then you got sort of a bunch of tin cans. So it's a weird division. Headlined by the freshest cunt on the planet. And I am still pretty keen for this fight. But then, dude, Com- Comain, Tie to Avasa. Bam Bam, from the area, fighting in said area. Okay? Now, Bam Bam, I don't know, dude. He's an underdog for this fight. But at the same time, he's literally fighting in Western Sydney. I would bet on this one to just not go the distance. I guess I'm doing betting tips as well as I'm just talking out loud. But I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily bet on Bam Bam as part of a multi, but at the same time, Bam Bam by knockout, throw 20 bucks down on that. Throw 20 bucks down on that. Absolutely, dude. Because if Bam Bam knocks out Volkov in front of a Sydney crowd and starts screaming Eshe and you you weren't on it, I mean, what's the fucking point of watching? Okay? So... It's a tough one for Bam Bam. He fought Cyril Garn last year in a war and got knocked out. And then for some reason, I don't want to tell Bam Bam how to manage his career. I don't want to tell his manager that he's not doing a good job. Would I have had Bam Bam back up two, two to three months later against the most insane knockout artist on the planet, Sergei Pavlovich, after fighting the number one contender in heavyweight? No, dude, I wouldn't have. Okay? So now we've got this situation where Bam Bam... Is coming off two pretty aggressive knockout losses and he's fighting Volkov, who, you know, is favourite to win the fight. So Bam Bam's had a bit of a tough year, but at the same time, he's literally fighting in Sydney. So I wouldn't be surprised, especially if he can get in inside and and trade with Volkov. Volkov's been knocked out fucking heaps, dude. So I wouldn't I wouldn't bet against Bam Bam, but I, I wouldn't bet on him either. I'd say there's a 70% chance Bam Bam loses that fight, but there's a 30% chance that Volkov wakes up in the dressing room, really not having any idea what happened with the word Eshe ringing throughout his ears. So tough one to pick that one, but either way, I wish Bam Bam the best. Dude, Tyson Pedro's on this lineup. Another Sydney boy. Sydney times city kickboxing. Oh my God, dude. I was watching the embedded. And Tyson Pedro's dad is watching him uh, hit mitts and he's like, oh, it's such a dream come true. I'm so proud of my boy. What a privilege for a dad to get to watch his son live out his dreams on the world stage. Dude, I burst into tears. when I I blacked out. When I woke up, I put $1,000 on Tyson Pedro via knockout and I was on hold with the Commonwealth Bank Loans Department. So, wow. Hope Tyson Pedro can get it done. I believe he's a favourite. I might actually get some of these odds up. A lot of these fights are just sort of not half volleys, but the Anzac fighters, it's an Anzac showcase. So the Anzac boys should be winning a lot of these. Tyson Pedro is off a loss. And if I could speak candidly, he looked like shit in his last fight. I believe he might have had an injury, potentially knee related. And so he does need a bounce back performance. And like I said, This really is just sort of an Anzac fight night that, for some reason, Israel Adesanya is fighting on. So what is Tyson Pedro paying? He's opening up the main card, and he is actually the underdog against Anton Tercalazia. Okay, I don't like the look of that last name. So that's interesting. They don't have any secondary markets out yet. But yeah, Tercalazia. I'm not liking the look of that L into J. That's too many consonants hugging each other for mine. But yeah, so looking forward to that. I don't know if I'd bet on Tyson. Okay. I haven't looked into a lot of these opponents because like I said, a lot of these fights are, you know, they're pretty irrelevant fights. They're not really, there's not a lot of bangers on this card. There's not a lot of fighters you've ever heard of. Uh, Yeah. I mean, on the prelims, we have Landon Quinones from the Dana White Contender Series, or maybe the ultimate fighter, I should say. And he's fighting Nasrat Hakparast, who's a formerly ranked lightweight. So, you know, I'm sure the Nasrat fans in the audience uh, will be absolutely off their tree for that one in Sydney, Australia. I mean, this card, dude, it's a lot more questions than answers, really. Opening it up, we have Blood Diamond from City Kickboxing, who I have absolutely unloaded the clip on in his two UFC fights to win via knockout. He is apparently a kickboxing prodigy who has fought with Izzy for years. He is 0-2 in the UFC. So he's paying $321, and if you know what's good for you, I would stay away from that. But then we got Carlos Allberg, the black jag from New Zealand. Dude, this guy is so fucking hot, it's just unbearable, okay? It's fantastic to have him in Sydney for the week just in case Brayton Asta goes down with any any illness throughout the week. So it's obviously NRL finals as well. Uh, don't be surprised if you see the black jag pop up on the NRL 360 desk providing some some analysis and hosting, uh, hosting uh, chops because this guy, man, he's turned down being the bachelor twice in New Zealand. I mean, the first time you turn it down, you say, hey, I'm actually going to pursue fighting. They say, yeah, we understand. Dude, the second time you turn it down, it's like, babe, stop chasing me, okay? I know I'm the hottest cunt in this country. Leave me alone. I want to hit pads with Izzy. So that's unreal. He's actually on a bit of a run. He's paying $1.30 against Dawoon Young, okay, who's paying $3.40. I don't know who the fuck that is, but I know at $3.40, I don't need to know, okay? Load up, all right? Load up. Uh, Next up, you have Shane Young from City Kickboxing, who is paying $1.58 against Gabrielle Miranda. I would highly advise you stay away from that fight. Unfortunately, Shane Young, despite being, no doubt, one of the best blokes uh, that, that beautiful country has to offer, uh, it's not someone you can reliably bet on. And I honestly am quite surprised he's still a listed fighter in the UFC. But then after that, we have Jamie, the hooligan, Malarkey. Straight out of the Sunny Coast, brah. Terrigal in the house. Without a doubt, the most fertile women on the planet Terrigal. Dude, a mate of mine high-fived a chick on a Mad Monday in Terrigal, and she had triplets, okay? So you watch out in the Central Coast. Even if you go for a coffee, wear a condom, okay? It's fucking airborne out there, I'm telling you. It's wild. But Jamie dollar $1.38, and I know we've been hurt before by the hooligan, but I tell you what, I like it. I like it a lot, okay? I'll probably get on him. Next up, we have Jack Jenkins. Wow. I love this kid, dude. He's he's got a mustache and a mullet. He loves punting and he's broken like 5 guys legs in his last 7 fights. He's I want to say he's on a bit of a run. He's 2 and 0 in the UFC. His last fight, look, I think he probably did win via robbery, but at the same time, take the excuse me, take the bag. Let's go. So he probably got a bit of a and it was a close fight and he fought really well. But probably a bit lucky on the decision there. But either way, he's paying $1.46. I like... There's a nice little... If you go Carlos Allberg, Jack Jenkins, Justin Taffer... I mean, there's not a lot of value in this card, guys. I've got to be completely candid. I mean, you could get on... Yeah, I'm just looking at this now. I mean, you could get on Carlos Allberg... KO points, I'm not sure what that would be paying, probably dollar forty. There's not a lot of value in this card. You got Justin Taffer running it back with Austin Lane in a rematch of a fight that no one wanted to see the first time. A minute into a fight no one was waiting for. Austin Lane raked out Justin Taffer's eyeball and it was declared a no contest. Justin Taffer's paying a dollar forty and will most likely send this bloke to the Shadow Realm. So I'd get on the knockout there. And then you got Manel Karp fighting Felipe Dos Santos. Yeah, I don't know. Kaikara France was supposed to fight there. Yeah, look, I'm looking at this card, guys. My enthusiasm for it has sort of waned as I've discussed it here. But do you know what I mean? Who gives a fuck? It's fights, baby. It's combat sports. It's blokes throwing hands. So get into it. I don't know what I've really said there. I was sort of looking for some value as I was discussing the card there, and and it was quite tough to find. So, bit of a preview there. Enjoy the fights. I'm going to be absolutely off my tree for them. Can't wait. So, so yeah. Bit of a preview, I guess. Anyway, that is the podcast for this week. Hope to see you at Rowan Sydney shows this Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. And we got the second half with the man himself coming up now. Apart from that, I put a new stand-up clip on my YouTube channel. Uh, That's sitting at about 400 views. So if anyone would like to view that, I would love to see us bang down 500 or share it with a friend. But yeah, dude, apart from that, nope, can't think of anything. Anyway, thanks for listening. All right, legends, welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me. Here with us is the Irish Wolfhound, our darling boy, Rowan Arneal, and fuck yeah, dude, it's fight week. Mm-hmm. It's fight week. Get pumped. Are you coming in healthy, injury-free? How's the feeling around the camp?
0: The feeling's good. The feeling's good. Hasn't been a lot of chatter about the Fringe show over the last week. Just been travel mode, mate. I'm holiday boy.
1: Oh my so, god! That's the
0: best way to prepare, mate. To not prepare.
1: The best defense is offense. Exactly. Do you know what the best takedown is? A left hook. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm equally pumped but- for Rowan Show and UFC Sydney this week. So I'm-
0: <laughs> <laughs> some wires are crossing. <laughs>
1: I'm I'm just trying to get the best of both worlds. I've had an erection for thirty six hours and it won't go away. But do. Dude- Mate, speaking of, you've been out there, mate. You've been Mm. on the road. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to talk about the fucking training with weights on. Mm -hmm. Anyone can go around Sydney to the trendy rooms and do their jokes in front of people with fringes and Mm. feel good. Fucking whistle on the tram and shit. Mm. You got to get out there. Get out there to the trenches. To the Dianas. To the Norells. I don't even know where these places are, dude. Well, those are the ladies' names that I'm imagining. Oh nice, okay. Yeah, you gotta get in a fucking twelve seater van and <laughs> sit in that thing for at least three hours, dude. That's how you get battle hardened. What so, you've been out on the road, mate.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of looking over people's shoulders to see what they do on social media.
1: On the bus? Yeah, on the bus. Anyone got some bad habits we should know about?
0: I think nearly everyone has got some bad habits.
1: I mean, if you're on social media, it's already it's a bad habit.
0: Yeah. Some Fucking Capra on one of the the first night, got drunk and like rented a movie on YouTube, like a two hour movie and then immediately passed out. Nice. The day of the, I don't know, I forgot what, it's some fucking thriller, some cartel thriller.
1: Well, not thrilling enough, hey?
0: (laughs) And then I watched him try and watch it on the bus and hotspot his phone for like an hour and a half.
1: (laughs) Oh, we've all done that. The iPhone in one hand, laptop on the lap, like Mm. trying to fucking upload something.
0: Laptop at an angle. Just watching it.
1: Oh, yeah, nice. Mate, well, that's some hot goss from the tour, mate. That is some hot, hot goss. Where did you go? So, you, you did three nights down the south coast.
0: Yeah, Nara, um, Marimbula. is amazing. I've never been to Marimbula. Yeah, I've never been either. It's exceptional. And then- um, Well, mate, elaborate. It's just oysters and shit. I don't know. I got up early and smoked weed and went to the beach. It was incredible. Mate- I, I lost my board shorts on the walk, but- found my board shorts. That's the magic of Marin Villa.
1: Wow. So that's how early it was. No one else was out there.
0: Yeah, it was me and then some people surfing.
1: Do you think anyone walked past your board shorts and thought they're not trendy? I don't want those. Well,
0: they're covered in paint as well. Oh, okay. So, found them.
1: Found them. Well, that's a good result, mate. That is a good result. So, what you got any you got anything to really report from the road, mate? You, do you have any thoughts or feelings whatsoever?
0: Thoughts, feelings?
1: What was it like ripping and tearing up there to seven hundred pensioners?
0: Um, yeah, it's good. It's good. I did. Um, my did you
1: feel their age up there, brother?
0: Well, it's it's really. I really should just not look at them before the show. Oh,
1: never do that, dude.
0: Oh, I'm peeking my head around the curtain and just being like, I've never seen so many old people,
1: dude. Young people don't exist in the country. They're either at home with the three kids they had before the age of twenty-one, or they move to the city
0: or they're, like, right up the back. At Marimbula, I could spy some right at the back.
1: Oh, some, some backseat bandits. Yeah. Nice. And
0: there were some young people in the pub, but none of them were, because it was, like, an enormous bowling club, the biggest bowling club you've ever seen. That's what Australia has to offer. Marimbula
1: Bolo? Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude.
0: Um. Yeah, just looking at them just sends, oh, you're like, this isn't good. Yeah. This is not good.
1: It's tough. It's It does dent your confidence when you see... I mean, I was hosting in Foster a couple of months ago, and I reckon the guy in the front row was like as close to dead as you can get. And I'm thinking, dude, I'm opening with three minutes on like trying to root chicks on Instagram. So, what are we doing here? You know, like wires aren't going to be crossed. I don't think this gentleman's going to have a good time.
0: Well, it turns out just everyone loves sex gear.
1: Oh, really? Also, always so slack on the oldies. Like, the shows are always so good. The shows are always good. And they're always so lovely. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) But you can get in your head beforehand.
1: Oh, massively. (laughs) Massively, dude. I'm always looking at them. Going like, I'm always asking people, like, do they look old? Do they look old? (laughs) What would you say, 50s? (laughs) I've just
0: had so many old people be kind of rude to me in other gigs.
1: Also, I think, like, old people won't get... Things that, of course, they'll get. (laughs) I'm just scarred because I've got this one tag with like um, where JPEG is the punchline, Mm. like the JPEG file. And man, I've just I've done that to just complete silence, to just rooms of pensioners. Like they, it's not even they're like, "Hey, mate, we didn't we didn't like that joke." It's like they're like, "What the fuck is a JPEG?" (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So it can be tricky with the cross generational comedy, mate. But all you can do is your best.
0: You just gotta eat as many free sandwiches before the show as possible. Oh fuck yeah, dude. Have half a diet coke. Yep.
1: Um, pace around a lot. Mm-hmm. Was Freddie just doing laps of the block? Yeah, Freddie was got his steps in. Dude, one time Freddie was um he was on in like two spots after me and he was finishing the local triathlon. <laughs> just for his anxiety. I couldn't believe it. Dude, that guy. <laughs> I was
0: looking out at this big stage in the hour and I was like, if I don't get if I start bombing up there. I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk. Like, I just... If it's just that many people staring at you in
1: silence. I mean...
0: And just a clock on side stage, just counting down seconds.
1: Yeah. Well, mate, thank Ew, God... dude. ooh Thank God you didn't have to find out, brother. Yeah, I once went God. down in front of 700 people at Rudy Hill RSL. Oh. Like five years ago. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Tahir, I was like 22, 23... And I don't know why I was on this show. It was, like, me, Fiona O'Loughlin, Peter Berner, and Tahir. I don't know. I was, like, doing a seven-minute spot or a ten-minute. And Tahir goes out, and Tahir is ripping and tearing, dude. Yeah, man. He is ripping and West. he is tearing. And then I went out, and I was just bombing, dude, um, to, like, 800 people. Like, a stacked 800. It was sold out.
0: I love when 800 people all somehow decide together. Like, there isn't, like, two blokes laughing.
1: I was getting maybe upwards of seventeen people yeah. at a time. Like they'd drop off after one joke and then I'd pick up a few new ones. But man, it was really just there was part a part maybe six, seven minutes in where I'm just sort of looking out to eight hundred <laughs> Lebanese Australians thinking, this is honestly just crazy. Like it was almost tranquil. Like I was just bathing in the silence. <laughs> You know,
0: it is complete immersion therapy. It's it's like pure when van.
1: Harry Potter jumps off the bridge with Voldemort, and then he goes to that like white world mm. with yeah yeah. That's that's kind of what it was. There was just I was bombing so hard, I just broke through to n- the void. Yeah yeah. And there was just nothing. There was me and the nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I did my allotted ten minutes, probably nine and a half. If I'm being completely candid. <laughs> And I said, thank you and good night. And then I went to leave and I realized I had locked my car keys in my car. And how
0: long were you outside of the Rudy Hill RSL?
1: Two and a half hours waiting for NRMA.
0: Oh, my God. Sitting
1: on that bomb, dude. And Peter Burner got a coat hanger from the clo- the dressing room <laughs> and was like trying to... I don't know what he was trying to do, but he was like... Good on him. That's a father. It was proper dad shit where he was like, there's an issue and I'm going to fucking sort it out. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't able to, unfortunately, but yeah, NRMA came and then, yeah, I mean, it was... (laughs) on the phone to NRMA,
0: I, excuse me, I just bombed in front of 800 people. Could you please be faster?
1: Yeah. I called them up and said, and they were like, you know, no, we're coming to unlock your cars. I said, no, no, is there someone you could also send for my mental health? (laughs) Is there a (laughs) mental health wing of NRMA that I could access? Dude, it was really bad because, uh... It's just one of those things where it's like, fuck, I just want to leave. Like, I yeah. thought about oh. just leaving the car, just get on a bus or an Uber or something. Like, so far. Just start fresh. And I thought about moving to Melbourne, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Like It was one of those things where, like, I don't even... I, don't, I, I look back now still perplexed mm. by the whole time. I remember, dude, I came home that night and my girlfriend at the time was asleep and she had a candle going candle all burning like the outside of the candle and stuff like starting to light the desk on fire (laughs) dude so house almost burned down as well
0: wow so
1: fuck you know it was just an eventful night
0: yeah that is a stressful one
1: yeah and then also got to got to give the missus a bit of grief as far as like Falling asleep with a candle lit. Is that the safest thing we've ever done? She's like, you have an alcohol problem. So It's like, well, you know. We're we're all fucking busy, babe. Okay. But anyway, mate, we sort of got off the beaten track there. I, I imagine I'll be editing a lot of that out. But uh, Oh, no way. <laughs> I love saying I'm going to edit stuff out because I, I just don't have the time to edit. He
0: does not have the time.
1: I don't have the fucking time. It's UFC time. Fight Week. Dude, that's why... Um, like, you you swing way more recklessly than me on this pod, and it's the reckless banter of a man who knows he doesn't have to listen back to it. Plus, um, my name isn't in the title. I mean, yeah, there's a myriad of reasons.
0: There's a million different reasons, obviously. I barely believe this thing exists.
1: I mean, I don't think you know how to access this podcast. I don't think you know how to listen even if you wanted to.
0: <laughs> I'm a subscriber.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, at least you're helping in some way. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, exactly. But, mate, anyway, we're dancing around the real issue here. There's drama at the pad.
0: There's some spooky drama.
1: Dude, drama, drama, drama. So, last night... One of
0: us got attacked by a ghost.
1: One of us got attacked by a ghost. And it wasn't me. Because I know what everyone's thinking. Oh, here comes fucking Billy D, high as a kite, going to take a piss in the middle of the night. He's knocked over a box of cereal and he thinks it's paranormal activity or some shit, okay? Mm. But it wasn't me. It was... Marky, our respected lawyer roommate, mm. reckon would he mind us chatting about this,
0: mate? He, d- he doesn't believe this podcast exists.
1: Yeah. I don't think anyone in the house knows, it, knows how to listen to it except for me. <laughs> I keep playing it on the Bluetooth speaker in the lounge. you going, fuck, this is pretty funny. Is anyone- <laughs> This is a pretty good bands. Yeah, yeah. Imogen's like, turn that off. <laughs> but uh, dude- Oh, yeah. So, Marky reckons either like there was a mouse in his bed and someone, like grabbed his sleeve or something grabbed his arm in the yeah. middle of the night.
0: Well, it was not a mouse in his sleeve- Like, that is preposterous. And also, I was with him the other day when he wigged out and thought there was a mouse in the couch because the cushion moved.
1: So, yeah, there's a bit going on here. Firstly, you should know that Marky doesn't like mice.
0: Definitely doesn't like mice. I'm not allowed to open the shower window when I'm having a shower because mice could get in.
1: Oh, is he the one who keeps closing that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, He likes it
0: nice and damp in there and there'd be no mice. Uh, I was
1: about to say, yeah. So, we're, we're going to have just a, a wet weather system in our bathroom for for the remainder of time. Like,
0: he's like, that's how the mice, mice mouse got in. And I'm like, no, you saw the mouse crawl through a hole in the wall and then that's boarded up now.
1: Yeah. And it returned to the hole. Yeah. You saw the whole thing. But anyway, look, fair enough. So, Marky thinks it's a mouse. He's so scared of mice, he would rather it be a mouse than a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then you've got me on the other side of the spectrum- I'm so scared of ghosts. I'm praying for a mouse. Yeah. And dude, here's the thing. I'm terrified of ghosts. Yeah. Which I thought was a pretty normal fear until I fucking opened up to you two last night.
0: <laughs> <time. laughs> well, I'm scared of ghosts as well, but just how scared of ghosts you are kind of put mine in perspective and I was like, "True, I guess I'm really strong."
1: Well, how scared are you? How could you not be scared of ghosts?
0: I am in certain in this house for some reason, I'm not scared of ghosts. Because well, I have all my things in my room that it's like, ghosts don't coexist with, like, surfboards that you're trying to sell. Mm. They exist in old Tasmanian homes where that have other people's old antique furniture in
1: them. Yeah. Well, this is an old home. It is an old home. And I will say that I do believe you can get a vibe for a place uh, where, look, I honestly do feel quite safe here. Mm. And if, even if there is a ghost here, I do think you can get to a point with some spirits where they they're just chilling.
0: Yeah. And also, me and you have, like, kind of clear consciences-
1: Dude, I'll, and I'll say a fucking Hail Mary before bed just to cross my T's, dot my I's, you know?
0: Whereas Marky has a twisted past and ghosts like to kind of get also, in on that.
1: I don't think he 100% believes in them. They hate that. Yeah, they do hate Do you people. know what ghosts respect? Fear. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I'm walking to the bathroom with freaking sage throwing salt over my shoulder going, I'm your friend. I'm your friend. But, but here's the thing, dude.
0: <laughs> Mate. A fucking ghost. Are you serious? Are you? God damn it. What? <laughs> what? Are you fucking serious? Oh, my God. And Marcus brought up very shyly. He said, so- Billy, did you hear me screaming last <laughs> night? I'm like, yeah, he goes- Marcus, what happened? Can you <laughs> tell us what he's like? Something happened. Someone grabbed my wrist. They grabbed it. And then I was, I ripped my shirt off and I was searching for a mouse and there was nothing there. Like, well, I don't think mice grab wrists.
1: Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I'm still in on the mouse theory. And yeah, I got to say, it was funny. He was like, mate, so sorry if I woke you up last night. I go, oh, did you get home late or something? He goes, didn't you hear me? I was screaming for about five minutes in the middle of the night. (laughs) But he wasn't making
0: eye contact with either of us. He was kind of pensively looking.
1: He was like, they've been thinking about it all day, how much I was screaming last (laughs) night. But dude... um. I will say this. So, so here's some context. Yeah. I feel totally safe in this house. I'm chilling. I love it here. Okay. If there is a ghost here, honestly, I think we're probably boys. Yeah.
0: Well, also, that's another podcast listener.
1: (laughs) I mean, if I'm Hamish and Andy, I'm shitting myself, dude, with the (laughs) amount of paranormal (laughs) listens I got got in this fucking thing. But anyway, dude, here's the key context for the incident. Mm-hmm. Marky goes, something grabbed my arm in my sleep last night. Ba-bah ba. Bah. Could be a mouse, could be a ghost. We talk about this for about 20 minutes, mm. of which Maybe fifteen minutes of it is you guys just calling me like a bitch. You know, it's when Marky opens up about how he's feeling uneasy. Oh, let's all support Marky. When Billy opens up, well, he's just a fucking loser. So that's an interesting dynamic we, that's arose.
0: We, we were not calling you a bitch. We were just intrigued, and then you'd come back even harder. I was like, oh, do you have a? Are you scared of ghosts? And you're like, yes, I'm massively scared of ghosts, ghosts and robots. Those are my fears. And I was like, well, I didn't know your fears. And Everyone knows I'm scared of ghosts or robots. It's like my
1: thing. Yeah,
0: like, you're just so like confused at how we didn't know.
1: I can't believe, like, I can't believe Marky was just sitting on this yeah. all day. I couldn't believe it. And I was like,
0: were you thinking about this? And he was just like, all
1: day. Yeah. Like, he's like Great. he's like, I was uncertain if I should bring it up. And I'm like, bring it up. <laughs> okay, but here's the deal. Okay, this is probably seeming a bit hysterical right now. Here's the fucking key bit of context. Marky goes, after fucking 25 minutes of us talking about this, Marky goes, look, this is probably nothing, but what about this? Do you think it's the mirror? (laughs) And I go, what? And he goes, "Uh, yesterday I brought in, uh, they were doing, people were dumping like uh, furniture and stuff on our street and they dropped off a cracked mirror Mm. that I put in my room.
0: A broken mirror. A
1: broken mirror. So, it's got a massive, it's got three massive cracks through it down the bottom, but it's a big mirror. The top Mm. half's still in good nick. So, I go, just to recap, Marky, yesterday, you brought in a cracked mirror into your bedroom. (laughs) That (laughs) night, a hand grabs you in bed. Is that correct? And he goes, that's 100% correct. I go, get rid of the fucking mirror. Well, the problem is- Get rid of the fucking mirror yesterday.
0: It opens up the room quite a lot.
1: It's, I mean, even if there's no ghost related behavior, you shouldn't be whipping around town with a cracked mirror. Absolutely. But, um, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, sweet. We solved it. Get rid of the mirror. And Marky, who was apparently screaming in the middle of the night, is <laughs> he goes, well, we're not 100% sure it's the mirror. <laughs> I <right>, go,
0: ahead- <laughs> one of one, one of <laughs> one. Also, I'm, how do I spend more money than the lawyer? I'm always treating myself. Like,
1: because Marky said mirrors are expensive. I go, yeah, and this one's fucking haunted, dude.
0: And also, that mirror, the the non-cracked version of that mirror isn't expensive. It's about 50 bucks or something.
1: So fucking cheap. He said the reason he doesn't think it's haunted is because it's like a cheap MDF one. And And
0: he he Googled that. If you didn't crack the mirror, that
1: apparently doesn't work. Oh, that's the other thing. He goes, don't worry, I Googled it. So, he's like, he's, he's been in the morning, he's up looking looking up mirror curses and how they work. And I'm like, I, can't, I don't understand how Marky can be Googling mirror curses while also so relaxed about just mm. keeping it another night. Mm. He was like, oh, well, mate, you know, I've been thinking about this all day. It's really just torpedoed my mental health. I've been on Google trying to work it out. But... Let's give it one more night.
0: Apparently, if you didn't break the mirror, I'm like, well, I don't know if the fucking ghost knows about that. Dude. The ghost doesn't give a shit. I'm telling you.
1: Look, honestly, I think this ghost, Touchwood, is going to leave me alone because he knows I fear and respect it.
0: Yeah, I also am quietly confident. But also, actually, I do kind of like the idea of Marcus being tormented by a ghost.
1: Dude, honestly, I reckon if anyone in the house was going to get tormented by one, it would be Marky.
0: It would obviously be Marcus.
1: I think, yeah. Marky and the ghost could end up having like a grudging respect for one another. (laughs) Because I reckon- I've seen that happen before. I reckon (laughs) Marky might start tormenting the ghost. You know, he's got some demons of his own. (laughs) You want to bring some spooky shit to the downstairs bedroom? Honestly, dude.
0: He'll ask the ghost enough pensive questions that the ghost just kind of- takes a step back.
1: Mate, honestly, if Marky tells a ghost about one of his work days, I think the ghost moves out. <laughs> Last- Marky deals with crazier shit than, than what this ghost saw in the 30s.
0: Last Sunday, we like went outside and smoked a joint and we came back in. I just went, chill, Sunday, do nothing, watch my program. And Marcus goes, do you think our marijuana use will affect us long term in a largely negative way? And I Can I just have a fucking Sunday off, mate? (laughs) I just don't feel like examining that right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my gut tells me yes. (laughs) Yeah,
0: probably, but let's not talk about it right now. (laughs) Dude, dead set.
1: I honestly didn't tell Imogen about the ghost because I didn't want to ruin her day. Exactly. Because I think she was coming back today. But yeah, I mean, it's an unfolding situation. Have you spoken to Marky today? No, Because we don't know how he went last night. We
0: have no idea. So
1: we could be talking through the context of he got grabbed again and it's 100% get rid of this mirror.
0: Obviously. But uh, he'll try and do the week. He loves free stuff.
1: Dude, I don't even know. Like this guy, I mean, we all love a bargain, but at what cost?
0: He brought back our old place. He brought back this weird S wood thing that we never really worked out. He thought maybe he put shoes on it. And then he just kept being like, nah, we got to keep it. And I was like, we don't need to keep it. We found it on the street. And then he put it in my cupboard and then moved out. And then like a year later, I'm being like, take the S. It's not worth anything. Do not dump. Everyone's always trying to dump their goddamn shit on me.
1: Oh, mate. When people move out and like you're staying in the house. Mm. Dude, I remember like one of my old roommates was like, mate, do you want my rusted bed frame? And it's like, no. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't want your rusted bed frame and your mini fridge that leaks <laughs> and doesn't keep things cool. Oh. Are you sure mate. <laughs> it's fucking relentless. At the old lad pad when we moved out, because we were last man stands. Mm. Do we chucked out five mattresses?
0: The disrespect of these people.
1: I mean, it's craziness, dude. <laughs> Dumping stuff is just an endless nightmare. It is. What I- about this? My brother lives in the city. I don't know if this applies to us. He gets, like, unlimited council cleanups. Oh, really? In Glebe. Really? No. No, in Camaray. In Camaray? In Mossman. Yeah. He lives in that area. Oh. He gets unlimited council cleanups. Damn. What would you do with that sort of power, brother?
0: Probably one cushion a week.
1: Yeah, I'd probably put you out there, to be honest. Hey? <laughs> Just a bit of banter, wish you the best this week with your shows. But, uh... <laughs> no. But mate, yep, should be good, should be good. So, what's your what's your prediction on this ghost thing? Because I reckon the mirror has to go. I'm I'm fucking. I, well, I can't I, wait for Imogen to come home tonight so I can tell her about it because I think she's gonna be on my side.
0: I think you're underestimating how much she's gonna believe in ghosts. She's not, or she is. I don't think she's gonna. Well, I don't think not many people in our area, in general, if it's just on a general consensus, would believe in ghosts as much as you do.
1: Okay, here's the thing, dude. I do believe in ghosts. Yeah. But the deal is, I'm not whipping around town seeing them and shit like... Mm. I'm just saying that if it comes to my attention, I'll respond. Mm. Okay? I'm, I'm not bringing it up saying, did anyone think there was a... I'm, I've, I've heard about this situation. Mm. This is information that's come to me that I've reacted to mm. in my own time. Mm. And it just seems pretty fucking obvious it's the mirror. It is pretty obvious. I mean, I can't stress it up how <laughs> fucking obvious it is. Do
0: you think it could be Marcus's psychosis? Could, should we just start gaslighting him into thinking it was I himself? Mean,
1: even if there's no ghost, I'm still not that in on a cracked mirror. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I've watched too many episodes of Charmed.
0: Yeah, yeah. You are you're a believer.
1: I don't know, dude. But anyway, mate. Oh, I oh. wanted to whip this past you, actually. Oh, yeah. This is pretty funny. So... Crowded House was supposed to play the AFL Grand Final. Yeah. Did you? And are you pumped up for that, mate?
0: I'm really excited.
1: They've pulled out. Oh, my God. They've got a fantastic band that all ages can enjoy, though, Who? as a replacement Who? for the entertainment of the AFL Grand Final. Who? Kiss. Kiss? Kiss. I play the AFL Grand Final.
0: Kiss?
1: Yeah, Kiss. And a friend of mine saw them like last year or this year and said they are. Absolutely abysmal, mate. Like, well past the it. The tickets they are- sound like trash.
0: Yeah, he lost his voice like ten years ago. Yeah. The um the tickets to see them in Sydney are forty dollars. Really, bro? Not are many they- people go anymore.
1: So I think, I think they're touring around that time anyway. Mm. So that's the AFL doubled it up. It why? Okay, firstly, a couple of things here. What keeps a band like Kiss continuing to tour? Well. Like, I, I, did they piss away all their money?
0: No. Well, they made so much money on merch as well. They're all just fucking egomaniacs. Um, Woodland was telling me on the weekend he's read every four members book.
1: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Is he's he like, a big Kiss guy? Yeah, yeah.
0: And he said they haven't sounded good in ten years, and they all e- each of their books is just being like those fucking selfish pieces of shit. They never respected me. Like yeah. it's just all that.
1: Oh my god. Well, dude, I don't even know, but like. I just think it, it here's the thing is if you're out there you, you sound like shit, but you're having fun, I could mm. go in on it. Mm. But like I heard they're like they're not into it, they're like bickering up there, like
0: I I'm kind of excited just to see Kiss at the AFL grand final. I that, mean, I don't know how the fun. makeup
1: will go in broad daylight. That's hilarious. It's like a three PM kickoff for the footy, isn't
0: it? Oh like yeah, I think it's afternoon. It's so
1: funny. Dude, I tell you what, um why is it the NRL and the AFL? have to book the band for like the over 60s? Is there a band that everyone could enjoy? I remember the Gang of Youth played the NRL Grand Final a few years ago. Oh, that's pretty good. But all the old people were like, "Why the fuck is this? Like old people don't want to listen to something they've never heard before. Yeah, yeah. Which I can appreciate, you know, that you're at the footy. You just want to hear one act you know, bang out a couple of classics. Mm. Um, What is a band that could possibly do the job? Fuck. What about this? Missy Higgins. That would be great. 18 to 65. Who's not fucking smiling ear to ear? Mm.
0: It is weird just to do breakup songs at a uh, grand final, though.
1: What do you mean? Half the blokes in the crowd are missing someone, mate, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, but they're trying to forget about it.
1: Plus, well, mate, you can't help everyone. Plus-
0: (laughs) I thought your whole point of this was to help everyone.
1: No, you just want everyone tapping a toe, having a good time. Like- Mm so often like the musical option is so poor that it like becomes a headline in and of itself mm. you know when meatloaf was up there and he's like <laughs> screaming to no one you just want you if you if you are hearing about the entertainment after the grand final something's gone wrong mm. and they only play two songs mm. i remember um what's that drops of jupiter band train i have no idea you know train that does like drops of jupiter no. Oh, I don't know. Well, apparently um, Taunton has this joke where like they played three songs and they played Drops of Jupiter twice, <laughs> which I honestly don't mind at all. Yeah, like, I kind of like that. If you've got a banger, just crank it out. But mate, if you could book any Australian artist for three songs that the whole crowd would enjoy, how could you go past Missy? Yeah, that's pretty good. Scar, The Special 2, Steer, Thank You and Good Night. Give her <laughs> 400 fucking K. <laughs> Beautiful. She can give it all to the S yes campaign behind their back. It'll be awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's fun. That is good.
1: Mate, why don't people see the world as clearly as I do? I know. We have a haunted mirror in our house and Missy Higgins should be playing the AFL grand final. Well,
0: you see Missy Higgins everywhere that like (laughs) occasionally just lines up correctly.
1: I mean, well, this is one of those times, brother. Mm.
0: How about this? I've been um, on site. I've been asking people's star signs. Nice. Just random builders or tilers and they'll be like, oh, Taurus. And I'll go, (gasps) oh my, oh, I knew it. I knew it. And then I'll just walk away. Really? Yeah, that's that really is funny. fucking
1: hilarious. <laughs> Has, have any of them freaked out and gone like, "What? No, what?"
0: No, they just go, oh, weird."
1: Have any of them freaked out because they think you might be like bisexual?
0: Um, it's just a lot easier if you just be a weird cunt. But um, I mean, this chippy the other day were um, just doing impressions of the way older builders talk to us once they find out we live in the city, like, mate. So you're telling me you lived on the northern beaches and <laughs> then you moved to the city and I'm like yeah and they're like <sighs> so you, mate you're saying that you were near the beach and all the all the good stuff and then you went to the city
1: did something happen mate
0: <laughs> and you, you wait you're from you're, he's from Avalon he's like you're from Avalon and you live In Newtown. And he's like, 100%. And they're like, oh, what the fuck, mate?
1: And I'm a (laughs) (laughs) Taurus. Blokes are just melting down with all this new info.
0: You're telling me that you live somewhere that you weren't directly born at. Yeah. (sighs) What the fuck are you doing, mate? What a shithole.
1: (laughs) I I kind (laughs) of almost like that because it's a lot of pride. But, I mean- yeah, it's it it's like when people move overseas and old blokes are like, You're kidding. <laughs> Australia, mate, best country on the planet. I'm like You know
0: I could I could spend a little bit of time here and then I could spend a little bit yeah, of time not here. Not everything's like a life
1: sentence. <laughs> yeah. it's like, have you been overseas, mate? Bali every year. And <laughs> <Yeah>, I did. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. Man, honestly, it's probably enough podcasting for today. Yeah, we're both gassed. We didn't really have it today.
0: We totally didn't
1: have it. Yeah, But honestly,
0: last week was fucking red hot.
1: Dude, here's the thing. Say what you will about this week's episode because last week's cranked so hard. Exactly. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. And dude, as soon as we started talking, uh, you could just feel it wasn't there today.
0: Man, I drove an hour and a half home. It was fucking
1: ridiculous. And I was waiting for you. Exactly. So it's like-
0: Here's this. If you think we didn't put enough effort into this podcast, which is true, you've got to remember that Billy also wanted to smoke weed two hours ago. And I didn't. And he didn't. He just sat on the couch, just kind of brooding over my absence.
1: And here's the other thing, dude. Honestly, you were down the coast for three days. I don't want to play the blame game. Yeah. I don't want to point fingers and say, this happened or this happened or this is someone's fault. I was probably looking for you to bring a bit more from the South Coast, mate. You just said Marimbula was sick.
0: Marimbula was sick. And now- that
1: you briefly lost your board shorts. Now I can fuck off. Can we get even just an anecdote? I mean, did anything of note happen? You were gone for four <laughs> days. <laughs> just <laughs> once could you bring something to the pod.
0: <laughs> um, what happened in... I don't know. It's just a lot of talking shit with comedians. Yeah. Not much happens when you're just having a good time. Okay. I love- I still will remember Fatty, a Sydney comedian forever, trying to tell us all that vegetables are unhealthy.
1: Oh, yeah. He's, have, he's keto. They
0: have toxins in them to protect them. And I'm like, you're a fucking idiot, mate. You're going to get colon cancer. He's like, oh, I will show you the doctor. I will show you the doctor. They have toxins in them. And I'm like, you are- And then I just watch him eat chips and fucking calamari and fish and give his salad to Freddy. Oh, mate. He'll- uh, he'll (laughs) Imagine someone just eating chips, cooked in canola oil, and being like, Freddy, you need to have my
1: salad. Oh, come on, Fatty. Come (laughs) on. It's like- It's like, Fatty, here's here's a bit of a tip, mate. The guy you just gave your salad to, you could grate cheese on his fucking jawline, okay?
0: (laughs) The fattest guy in the bus. Unbelievably the fattest. Dude, me and Fatty are close now. I can talk about him Are you sure you guys are close enough to
1: make jokes of that nature?
0: Mate, he said some incredibly callous things to me. Um, Okay.
1: All right. Well, anyway, that is the podcast.
0: Shows Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, Saturday and Thursday about to sell out. Get on board. Oh, yeah,
1: you beauty, mate. Give it a plug. Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Sydney, the Factory Theatre, Rowan Arneel, top of the food chain, ticket link in the show notes and Instagram bio.
0: Thank you, Billy, for all his hard promotional work.
1: You? I should be taking 10%, really. Yeah, well. 10% of $11 tickets. (laughs) What a dumb cunt. For fuck's sake.